Hi, I'm Brad Blaylock. And I'm Brad McKeon, and welcome to The Brad Report. Brad Report contains spoilers. This episode of The Brad Report is brought to you by books. They're what you read. The Brad Report can be found on Apple, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Anchor, and Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars only, and make sure you subscribe so you can get all of our updates and new episodes as we roll through the MCU. And we're going to be doing some Mandalorian episodes coming up in the future. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Brad Report. And last week, we began our journey through the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Iron Man. And this week, we'll be belly flopping into the second installment, The Incredible Hulk, that came out in 2008, actually like one to two months after Iron Man. So, getting into the summary, uh, we find our hero... Bruce Banner on the run in Brazil, trying to find a way to cure his big green problem, the Hulk. Hulk smash! Hunted by the U.S. military, General Ross enlists the help of Emil Blonsky to hunt down Banner and take him into captivity. Of course, chaos ensues as they try to capture Banner and he hulks out. And then Emil Blonsky wants more. He wants a taste of that power. And so that's kind of the the premise, the summary of The Incredible Hulk in 2008, starring Edward Norton. Ruffalo? Uh, Edward Norton Ruffalo. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What are you thinking on on themes for us this week, Brad? I know um, our dearly beloved Timothy Paul Jones actually wrote an article, right, about this? Yeah, let me try to find that again. (laughs) <laughs> I, had, I had exited out of that um article I'll, I'll look that up why don't you share okay. it while i get back so, on that yeah i think kind of one of the things that he ties into is i think well i think especially through this is the monsters that are within the monsters that are within the people like the monster that's within bruce like the actual hulk and then the monsters that are within Ross and Blonsky with mm. um, uh, Blonsky's actually kind of manifest itself as he's like on his search for power and control and um, dominance. But Thunderbolt Ross is like, he kind of has this, this, these illusions of, Oh, I'm doing the right thing. And Oh, I care about Betty, but sure. his, his thirst and hunger for power and control. He wants a weapon. He wants a weapon. Right. And that's all it is. And those, those monsters is that, you know, Bruce wants to get rid of his monster and like, he doesn't want it anymore. He doesn't want the Hulk. Like that's part of the, the premise is like, he's trying to find a cure for himself. Right. Where Emil, the villains, Emil and Ross, they're just feeding it. They they're on a reckless reckless pursuit to get more power, get more strength, and the the dangers of that. You know. Yeah, 
That's really good. That kind of goes inside, coincides well with what what you mentioned. You know, Timothy Paul Jones wrote on his his blog about this. He talked essentially. You can kind of sum up what he said about this movie as and this is this is Bruce Banner's quest to go back before the fall. Mm-hmm. So, you know, before the quote unquote fall of Banner into Hulk, he was this like mild mannered scientist who was just just a guy, just, you know, just a guy. And then the the fall or he ate forbidden fruit, if you want to use this, this metaphor, Gamma radiation. Yeah. Right. And then eventually he's trying to get back to the state he was in before he partook in this forbidden fruit. So, yeah. Pretty, pretty clever. It was yeah. pretty clever. Yeah. I Timothy think, Paul Jones. Timothy Paul Jones, old TPJ. Uh, yeah, I think that hits on a good point because as you know, they're Bruce, they're like trying to harness this gamma radiation. Sure. And I think there's just like this element to things that just like shouldn't be messed with. So I I had a theme of like the, the idea of like the, the dangers of reckless scientific advancement. Yeah. All right. So I always thought neither of you, neither you or me are like anti-science by no. any means. Like love science. <laughs> science is great. Technology is great. Love all that. But there is like some danger in like reckless advancement or reckless use of science. Like, you know, Hulk is created because um, essentially like, they tamper with stuff that they don't fully understand yet. Mm-hmm. And they're messing with it, you know, and it's, and obviously this story is like super akin to like, um, the strange case of Dr. Jekyll, Jekyll and Mr. Mr. Hyde, Hyde. Yeah. Right. Where, you know, Jekyll turns himself into Mr. Hyde because he tests out this serum on himself and doesn't go like he thought it would. And it's kind of the same deal with, with the whole gamma radiation stuff. I know there's some more circumstances involving or involved, but like essentially it's this idea they were meddling with things that they didn't understand. Yeah. And not so at all. I think there is this theme of like, Hey, maybe we should safeguard some of the stuff, and you see it with Ross too. Like Ross, instead of seeing the Hulk and being like, "Man, we should probably, we should probably back off a little bit," Ross is like, just all gas, no brakes, and he wants to continue on with that instead of pulling back and trying to figure out some form of regulation. Yeah, exactly, and just trying to. He's like, "Oh, this thing has so much power and military and destructive potential, and like, let's use that, let's harness it." And Bruce, on the other end, is like, this thing cannot be controlled. And, but Emil is just like, no, like, I'm with you, Ross. Like, let's go, like, let's find something and, like, let's make this happen. Yeah. I think uh, on alongside of that is, like, the theme of, uh, of control and how, um, you know, it seems like... Uh, as Bruce is trying to gain control, like keep his heart rate down, do all these things for their safety and protection and others, uh, Ross and Blonsky are just continuing to spiral out of control, especially with Blonsky, like one taking the serum and right, becoming, then an abomination. becoming abomination. Just like um, he's got two doses of the serum in him. And then he's just like, give me like banners blood. Like I want to be like that. And he's just like, you have no idea like what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, even that, like, I think like this comes up later with like Betty Ross, like, Hey, maybe you can try and control it and point it. And like Bruce has, he, he just wants to get rid of it. Yeah. He doesn't want to control it. He doesn't want to acknowledge that 
that is like a part of who he is now. Yeah. So that's what I had for, for themes. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much all I had to, I, I did want to mention, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Oh, such, um, I think it was like, well, Stan Lee explicitly said that yeah. he took this. And then I think, um, Nostradamus and maybe like one or two other characters and kind of hodgepodge them together. And that's how he got this, the incredible, the incredible Hulk. And yeah. so, I, I mean, and you can see the Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing all over the place. Like the way they're created through the science experiment going wrong. This um, one being a more like mild mannered, just kind of average Joe. Not it's average, super like, smart. Yeah, but, but like it's almost like dual personalities. There are two sure. separate people right. living in one person. One is like out of control. And and so you just see that all throughout this movie, just this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing. Yeah, absolutely. And even with the, the Hulk's like first creation, like he would turn into the Hulk when the sun went down, mm-hmm. you know? Um, which was, I think, how Dr. Jekyll and mm-hmm. Mr. Hyde happened as well. Um, and but like over time, like that story changed, and, right? Um, but it's it's kind of like cool how there are many different iterations there are of the Hulk, but just like how that that constant theme of this this like mild mannered scientist and this this monster that's just out of control, and how, the resentment that those characters have for one another, even within like their own like psyche, you know? Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Dr. Jekyll, and Mr. Hyde. Super cool. It is cool. Um, all right, let's get into storytelling. So this is the second MCU and you, you kind of rebuked me a little bit earlier when I tried to say this is a reboot sequel and you're like, this is not a sequel. <laughs> well, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not. It, this is a completely separate universe from Ang Lee's Hulk movie that came out in two thousand and three. Three, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What do you? What? Are, while we're here, what are your thoughts on that movie? Since we're I, not reviewing that. I. I mean. <laughs> I don't know that movie. It tries to take itself more serious than a comic book movie. Yeah. Like it's very. Um, <laughs> talky if you want to use like, yeah. a simplistic term it tries to take itself very seriously and tries to explore and i kind of i can kind of appreciate this it tries to explore the like the depths of how banner's feeling with this and there's a quote from that version of the hulk where he's talking to um talking to miss ross and he confesses to her that he likes when the hulk takes control he's like I kind of enjoy it. He's like, I, I like it when I lose control like that. Yeah. And you're like, wait, well, yeah, that's not very hulky, but like, yeah. that's kind of an interesting theme. Like, yeah. Him like giving into this, this thing or whatever. But I mean, it's a, whatever. I like this one better. Oh, yeah. So much better. It's just like, you know, Ang Lee, he's like, uh, you know, yeah, I like this one better too, just for like a lot of reasons. And um, it's just like, I mean, the technology was very early, but like, I love how seeing how much it's come since then. I don't think this movie looked very good. You don't think Incredible Hulk looked very good? No. Really? Okay. I think there are movies that came up before it that had CGI stuff that looked better than it. Really? Like what? Like Lord of the Rings. Like Gollum. Yeah. Gollum looked better than the Hulk did in this. Oh, man. And that was five years before this came out. Yeah. 
That's true. And I'm pretty, if I if memory serves correct, I'm pretty sure the um the people behind the Incredible Hulk said that they want like they're modeling their their style or whatever after like the way they animated Gollum. And I was like, okay, well, well he, that's because he was the first to do it. You it's know, like, everybody you know, was, he failed. Yeah, everybody. Well, after like he was the first to do like real motion capture. Like everybody, every motion capture after that is like that's why Andy Circus like he has that whole company that's like specifically motion capture. Sure. It still didn't look super great. Oh man. And even really? like well even like Iron Man which had had a bunch of CGI in it too for like the suit of armor and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it looked better than than the Incredible Hulk. I don't know. I thought it was it, yeah, storytelling. <laughs> storytelling. <laughs> um yeah, I mean so I think like one of the the things that's the pro for uh, this movie is that it, it already assumes, you know, the origin story of Bruce Banner yeah. and like, he's on the run and like, it's trusting the audience's knowledge. We don't have to watch him get shot with gamma rays. Yeah. We, we see that in the uh, like opening crawl. Yeah. Just kind of like a flashback. Mm-hmm. Just like, like, just like Bruce Wayne, just like Peter Parker. We don't we, need to see Uncle Ben need, get shot. Yeah. Like Superman. Like we know. Mm-hmm how superman got here like nobody know doesn't know like these origin stories right right we we did not need a hulk origin story necessarily so yeah i i'm with you on that That, that's good uh storytelling wise i think so i rewatched i rewatched this movie um as i was as i was doing some like school work and stuff like that yeah and one of the things that kind of is like stunning looking back on this is how it's not funny it is yeah like, it's can, not like, funny there's not a lot of humor because you associate marvel now with pretty funny you know like catchy one-liners and stuff like that and just clever clever writing this movie doesn't even try to be funny no like it's not like one of those where it's, it's making jokes and you're just kind of like Ugh. there's like they don't one even kind of funny line I'm, uh you won't like me when i'm hungry yeah you won't like me when i'm hungry that's like the only joke they try to make in the entire movie yeah which is fine it's just not very what you think of when you think of Marvel now. Well, I think it's like it was, and this is like an action action movie. Oh yeah, this is definitely action, an action, action movie. Like action, action. Edward Norton like wanted to be part of the writing process, and like I think he didn't return because like he wasn't satisfied with the way the film turned out. Well, there's a few there's a few rumors on why Norton didn't return. So, and he's actually said he's actually changed his story on why he didn't return. Oh yeah. Times. Yeah. He has so, at one point he said, he said he was like, look, I just, you know, I just didn't want to be seen as the incredible Hulk for the rest of my career. I just don't want to be seen as that. Like I didn't want to be attached to a character like that for the rest of my career. So I moved on. And then later he was like, well, you know, several years later, he was like, you know, the truth is like when you, you look at the time commitment and, how many movies these people are doing. It just wasn't something I had the like time to commit to. And it's like, all right. This, I don't know what else he's really done. That's been that. It's, it's like, just, just, just say they didn't pay you enough. Yeah. That's what's happening. Yeah, exactly. They didn't pay you. You didn't pay you. The only person who gets paid in, in Marvel is Robert. Downey yeah, Jr. seriously. Everyone else is just like, Hey, we're just thankful for the opportunity <laughs> to be here. <laughs> Paradise raking in like 20 million. Everyone's getting paid. So apparently he got paid like 10 million for eight minutes of screen time in Spider Man Homecoming. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but like eight minutes of screen yeah. time, 10 million dollars. Robert's agent. Yeah. Just stole from Disney. It's great. Anyway, back to storytelling. 
yeah. What I was trying to say is this one. It, it's it's just a very unfunny I think action. It's movie. the most DC like movie of the Marvel universe, and people kind of like try to throw this one away as like, oh, it's not really. But it is. It is. It's part of canon. It's in canon, and you can tell just from like. I guess this is a good place to talk about Easter eggs. Yeah. But I mean, this movie is very much in the in the MCU, right? Like, I mean, there's no. Yeah, the guy that he gives the pizza to in the science lab is Peter Parker's teacher and like Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home. Yeah. The I mean, obviously, Stan Lee is in it. Yeah. Which drinks the soda. If if Stanley's (laughs) in it, it's an it's an MCU film. Stan Lee is in it. You have there's Captain America references, which are cool. Yeah, the Super Soldier so Serum. Th- they throw the Super Soldier Serum, and also in um, Ross's office, there's a picture of Captain America hanging up on his wall. Yeah. So like he probably like, idolized him or thought he was some sort of hero or whatever. And so I I think it was well thought out in that sense. Like they they very clearly intertwined the story with the MCU mm-hmm. and set it up for the future. So yeah, yeah, it's about I mean, I got in storytelling. Yeah. Same. I mean, I just like I don't have anything other than like I thought this was this is well done and well I got one more thing. Okay. <laughs> they they also they paid homage to to like old and like Hulk stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, lot, yeah. Which I Lou really... Ferrigno. Yeah, so you got you got Lou Ferrigno is in there. You got Paul Souls. Paul Souls is the he was the voice actor for the 1966 animated series. Mm-hmm. Which was cool. He was the owner of the shop Stanley's. Yeah. Which Stanley, Stanley. Yeah. Which is super cool. cool. Um, yeah. You mentioned Lou Ferrigno, who played Hulk in the 70s TV show. He was the Hulk version, just like a roided out bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. He still looks. It was huge. the 70s, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Then you get the uh, you get the purple pants scene yeah. where he's holding up the the stretchy purple pants. You know, oh, that's the whole. You know, yeah, it's, it's the purple. It's, it's his, his thing. thing. <laughs> um, and they even set up. You know, they have Abomination, which is like a typical um, Hulk villain. Villain, yeah. Whatever. Like kind of go toe for toe yeah. with Hulk all the time. But then they also set up for the leader. Yeah, Samuel Stearns. Which would have been awesome. It would have been really I cool. I like the leader. I yeah. I like the leader a lot. And so I, I like a lot of things they did with this movie. Yeah. There's a lot of things that um, didn't get picked up when they didn't make a sequel. And so, I mean, that's going to be kind of tied into one of our fun questions later. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of like good story potential that they put in this movie, but it's just not the typical MCU film, but that's okay. So getting into some characters, let's start off with our, our leading man, the Edward Norton, the Bruce Banner, aka the Hulk. Smash. <laughs> uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on on Bruce on Brucey Boy? Yeah, I think this this I, I like Bruce a lot. Um, I think this version of Bruce is interesting. He's not as dopey. Is that the right word I'm looking for? Or is like kind of dorpy? He's not as, I don't know, dorky. As Mark Ruffalo? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He, obviously like Bruce. Well, I think later on Mark Ruffalo's Bruce got a little bit more dopey, especially in like Ragnarok. Sure. 
Yeah. And then with Professor Hulk, it's just kind of like he's just this nerd that's really strong. Right. But um, yeah, I like I like this a lot. I like Edward Norton. I think Edward Norton was was great in this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really liked it a lot. I think Hulk is a hard hard character to play because half of your character's screen time you don't get to act really. It's just mm-hmm. this big green blob is running around smashing stuff, and so you kind of have to make the most of the time you do get on screen as Bruce as opposed to Hulk. And I thought he did a good job, and he's a little more like somber of a Bruce than I think the rest of the MCU gets, but that's okay. Yeah. I think he was, he was very serious, but he was also, he was very like, you can definitely, he plays the haunted part. Well, of just like, he's, I hate this. Yeah. I hate this. I hate that. This is something that I am. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, he's a scientist. He doesn't want to be sure. Uh, he never signed up to be a soldier, like someone that like destroys and blows up stuff and like causes all this chaos, but that's the reality of who he is. And, um, I think I've referenced this once before, but Betty's just like, Hey, maybe you could like control it. And towards the end of the film, he does try to start to accept that that's part of who he is. He's like, I don't want to control it. I want to get rid of it. Like he hates the fact that this is something that he has to deal with. But it's it is something that he has to deal with and right. it's like radically changed his life. Yeah. Yeah. Hulk, you know, Hulk is Hulk, big <laughs> the Jay Giant, the the green rage monster, you know. He's yeah. just He is who he is. He is who he is. He's angry and he breaks stuff. So, that's all I have to say about him. <laughs> um what about Betty Ross? Liv Tyler. Uh I she's fine, I guess. I think she's one of the like weaker points of this movie. I you know, you mentioned the Ang Lee movie um earlier. I actually like that Jennifer Connolly, um, right? Yeah, I like Jennifer Connolly better in this role than I do Liv Tyler. I I felt like Liv and Edward Norton were just kind of awkward together most of the yeah. time. But maybe that's just me, but it just felt awkward to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, it's always interesting when you're dating the the big bad guy's daughter, you know? Yeah. It's always an interesting thing. Yeah. It's, yeah, it didn't seem like authentic chemistry, you know? It, yeah, I think she's, she's good character and like she's like a keystone kind of like guiding force for Bruce and the Hulk, especially when he's like raging out and out of control. Like, uh, like she's his like totem that right. he's like, okay, I can focus and like, just because of like the feelings that Bruce has for her, how strong and controlling those are when he's out of control. Right. Um, and so there are some, some sweet tender moments, but all, overall it's just kind of like when they're interacting uh, as Bruce and Betty, it's kind of, yeah, a little, it leaves something to be desired. I'll say that. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you on that. Okay. Probably one of my favorite characters, Emil Blonsky. Yeah, Emil is awesome. So cool. He's great. One Tim my, Roth. I love Tim Roth. One of my quotes is actually coming from him. Uh, one of my favorite quotes will come from him. But he he's great. He's menacing. He's he's fearless. I there's something kind of neat about this character where like before he is even like a super soldier, he's like running up to square up with Hulk one-on-one. It's like, 
all right, you're going to get crushed, but like, you know, he gets kicked into a tree. Yeah. But it's just kind of like cool. 200 that, yards into a tree. Kind of cool that he's like, he's just like about that. You know, he's built like that. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I think he's, he's so, like, Tim Roth does such a great job of being like so menacing and so believable in this role of a villain of a guy that's just, um, possessed with like seeking power and to be better equipped and like as his as his horizons are expanding of like that that the hulk is a real thing in the world that is like oh man if i can be a part of that if i can be that strong if i can be that powerful like i want it I will say, so I, and this will come up later when we do our like villain rankings. Mm-hmm. I like Blonsky a lot. Do not like Abomination. Yeah. I. It seemed like they're two separate characters. Yeah. I like Blond. I like Emil a lot. And I wasn't a huge fan of the Abomination. Mm. But I'll, well, I'll say that for when we do our, our villain rankings later. Okay. Okay. What about. Old General Thunderbolt Ross. First of all, awesome nickname. Like Thunderbolt Ross. Thunderbolt. Yeah. Like I would love to have the nickname Thunderbolt, but yeah. I know I couldn't pull it off. So it's solid. <laughs> it's a solid nickname. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's interesting. He, you know, all, he all he cares about is getting the Hulk back for the sake of yeah. like this like army. Advancement. Doesn't even care about his daughter. No, he just cares about getting the serum or the blood of Hulk to make the serum make soldiers. Here's my question. So like he sees Hulk, right? Yeah. And he and he thinks to himself, we gotta get him back so we can make the serum. Like, what's he gonna is, he, is his plan to like just make a hundred Hulks and drop them off somewhere in some random yeah, country? It just, makes there's like you just gonna create a bunch of Hulks and drop them off and say, Go, go, go. Yeah. yeah there are some logical points in this movie that I really have trouble with. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> like, oh, Bruce Banner's wanting to hide. Let me go to Brazil that is extremely populated. Right. And a harsh environment, a very stressful environment is like, okay, maybe I should join a monastery. Maybe I should do that. And just and make some cheese and beer. And make some cheese and beer. Never be stressed another day in your life. <laughs> and if that's really what you're what you're thinking of is just like, okay, you need to, you're still wanting to work on the cure to figure out this, this problem. Drive into town for today, you know, get some Wi-Fi access, you know, right. <laughs> be a, be a traveling monk, you know, like <laughs> leave the stressful life behind. Uh, but also like with Ross, it's just like, it's like, wait, so he wants more of these things that he, cannot, that he can't control. Can't control. Sounds great. Yeah. Makes no sense. And he gives this like Russian dude that's all from British, like is like, I think he's on loan from MI6 to the US government. This guy is like, he's like, okay, this dude that has absolutely no loyalty to me to whatsoever. And I've we're literally gonna give him I, the serum. We're gonna give him the serum, you know? It just doesn't make sense. But that's part of the movie. Yep. That's Ross. That's Ross. <laughs> and he's the, I mean, besides Bruce, he's the one other character in this movie that returns to the rest of the MCU. Sure. Yeah. So, and we're probably going to see more of him. Yeah, we will. Yeah. So anyways, what about old Samuel Stearns, AKA the leader? I, 
I don't I don't know. The the I get weird vibes from the actor that portrays him. Yeah. Um I mean I don't know what it is or how, what Tim Blake Nelson put my finger on. It just He was great in holes. <laughs> yeah, I, I Yeah, you're know. like I don't care. <laughs> I don't I don't care about holes. Oh brother, where um, art thou? He was that he was great in there. Oh brother, art thou is a fantastic movie, so yeah. sure. I'll, we'll go to that. But yeah, I mean he's he's fine. I, I think the leader is really interesting. Yeah. And that's something I wish the MCU could have. I, I shouldn't say could have. They could have. Or I wish they still can. Uh, yeah. I wish I doubt it, but they still can. I wish that's something they would have explored more as a future villain. And I think that people really wanted to get that with like a Mark Ruffalo Bat or Batman. Mark Ruffalo um solo Hulk movie is like bring back Stearns the leader. Mm-hmm. It just never really happened. They just kind of Put that out there in the universe, in the canon of the universe. Yeah. And so there's a super smart, evil person running around that we don't know about. Yeah. I think that they, like, they tried to tie it up in, like, the Marvel one-shots or or comics of, like, Nick Fury's big week where... Yeah. uh, Iron Man 2, The Incredible Hulk, and Thor all take place during the same week, uh, which is crazy. Um, but they have something where, like, they took him into custody, and that's right. it. Yeah. And, like, oh, come on. I like, thought he would have been cool to bring back, but that's okay. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that is just, like, man, you, there's a lot of, like, story potential, and they're just, like, yeah, we're just going to get rid of the villains that we don't care about and have, like, I think even more story potential when you bring back a villain several times, like, you know, you bring back Loki so many times because of such a great character that he is and and how that's added so much every single time. But that's what we have for characters. So getting into some scenes and quotes, what are some of your top scenes from The Incredible Hulk? So I think one scene that I like a lot is the 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 scene where General Ross's men they finally like they get him surrounded they're in the the courtyard and General Ross's daughter and Blomsky are all there mm-hmm. and they they capture Norton in this like cage yeah this like clear cage to start filling it with gas and then you see like the hands the green hands start to form oh, and the feet so start cool. to form and they bust out and yeah I mean just you know destroys everything and I think that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I really liked where in that later after and like when Blonsky's coming to like fight the Hulk and he's sprinting past the other guys. Yeah. And it's very reminiscent of like Captain America sprinting sure. past other people and how um, he's like when the Hulk is like swinging stuff at him and he's like he's dodging it. He's he's like he's not. He runs out of bullets and you're like, but hey, he's not, he hasn't been crushed. He's not dying. And just like him flipping over stuff and like having, doing all those acrobatics. I'm like, like that was really, really cool. And then he gets kicked to his shorts yeah. and his bones become, <laughs> to quote the doctor, like gravel. Right. <laughs> uh, what's your, what about, uh, what other scenes do you have? What's your next scene? We're going to skip you. Oh, I, di- I just shared mine. Oh, I, Mine was, was also part? the fight on campus. Oh, I, sorry. I thought you were just 
going on with what I said, not. No, that was one of my favorites. Sorry, no, I thought you were just adding on. Anyway, forgive me. I apology accepted. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I I like the scene where it's right after. It's that scene where Betty and the Hulk are, you know, under this like waterfall. Yeah. In the cave, and you know she's she's a little freaked out. Oh, super freaked out. Yeah. And I think this is one of the few times where Hulk looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, like animated wise, he looks really good, and you know, he eventually walks out and screams, and you can just there's just like real like frustration, agony of like, you know, he just doesn't want to be the Hulk. Yeah, and our Bruce wants to be Bruce, and he wants to, and yeah. later he even says like, I don't want to control this, I I want to get rid of it. When mm-hmm. Betty tries to suggest him they can live like symbiotically together, mm-hmm. he's like, No, I'm sick of this thing. Yeah, and even just like how the few lines that Hulk actually does have, like the first one, I'm pretty sure is just like, leave me alone. It is. And he always wants to be left alone. That's Hulk's Hulk's line. Yeah. Yeah. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. And, but no one ever leaves him alone. Well, he, he kind of brings it on himself. Yeah. A little bit, but you, but you just don't have to make him angry. You know, (laughs) it's true. Um, so I know you you don't like abomination from what you said, but like I think the final fights, um, just when like they first clash is really cool. When you're like, okay, like Hulk's Hulk's gonna take care of it. He's finally got someone kind of like his own size, and then just you see, like when they're running and charging towards each other, and like abomination just like smashes smashes him, him. Yeah. and you're like, oh goodness and i remember seeing this in theaters and one of my high school friends was there uh his name's jj and like i mean there's some definitely some ridiculous things about the last fight um but like he gets his foot stuck in the the ground it's like what and then the the hulk hulk clap like i remember walking out of the theater and my friend was just hulk clap (laughs) (laughs) and making fun of it but yeah, I thought the final fight was just kind of like it's, you know, it, we can watch Hulk go up against military like vehicles and survive and destroy those tanks and all that stuff all day. But like, this was the first time in a live action film we got to see him like go toe to toe with someone that was like stronger than him. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah, we'll we'll talk more about Abomination later. <laughs> I my last scene that I I really like is the, actually the Leave Me Alone scene. Yeah. Because it's such an interesting thing because in this movie, you really get the sense that at this point, Bruce has no control. Yeah. Right? He even says at one point, he doesn't remember what happens when he mm-hmm. He just gets these memory fragments, essentially. Yeah. But you hear him say that and you're like, okay, like, is there a part of Bruce, you know, that's in there that's yeah. talking? Or is this the Hulk talking? Or is this Bruce coming, coming out of it a little bit? Like, what is going on right here? Mm-hmm. So I just think that poses, like, some really interesting questions that the MCU later fleshes out and eventually comes to, um, if not a solution, but at least, like, a like, like the final answer, like, Professor Hulk. Mm-hmm. But, like, this kind of starts off that whole process of, like, who is conscious when yeah. Hulk is active? Who's in control, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, so my last scene, I have, like, I have the dialogue there. It's when... Emil Blonsky is like convincing Sam Stearns to like inject him. Yeah. And 
he knocks out the girl and Sam starts, this is kind of funny line. He says, why are you always hitting people? Mm. <laughs> um, and then he says, then he like points the gun at him and says, now what could I possibly have done to deserve such aggression? And he says, it's not what you've done. It's what you're going to do. I want what you got out of banner. I want that. He says, you look like you've got a little something in you already, don't you? He said, I want more. You've seen what it becomes, right? And he says, I have. And it's beautiful. Godlike. He says, well, I want that. I need that. Yeah. Make me that. And just how that craving for power is like completely corrupted him and taken over. And so that he does become this um, abomination. And he says, I don't know what you've got inside you already. The mix could make be an abomination. And he says, I didn't say I was unwilling. I just need informed consent. And you've given it. And how... Cause like Tim Roth, he's just like, you can see like, he's sweating. He's just like, man, this guy is off the edge right? and he is, he is ready to bring chaos. So, but that was my last scene. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some quotes. My first one is from Emil Blonsky. He says, I've run into bad situations on crap missions before. I've seen good men go down purely because someone didn't let us in on what we were walking into. I've moved on to the next one because th- that's what we do, right? I mean, that's the job. But this, this is a whole new level of weird. And I don't feel inclined to step away from it. So if you're taking another crack at him, I won't end. And with respect, you should be looking for a team that's prepared and ready to fight. Because if that thing shows up again, you're going to have a lot of professional tough guys peeing in their pants. <laughs> yeah. Sir, sir, yeah, and I think it's just kind of like, yeah, that's a good line. Uh, like he's understanding the situation and he doesn't seem like too, he's just kind of rolling with it. Like, there's that point where he's just like, hey, like that guy wasn't alone, and then Ross is like, no, he he was Banner, and he's just like, uh, I need you to explain that to me. And Ross is like, I don't have to explain anything to you, and yeah, it's just kind of like the, those dynamic, um. And one of my first uh, quotes is like, I think it's after the second injection of the serum. Uh, the soldier, a soldier asks him like, hey, how are you feeling, man? And he just said like, and you believe it like that he is a monster when Blonsky says like a monster. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like really intimidating. You're like, it's like, we're about to get into some trouble. And just like he delivers that. And where if like, if you or I were to say that or any other person would just be like, what like this is <laughs> you're so lame like that's so lame but like when he says it it's just like oh no like he means it yeah he's serious what's your next quote my next quote is the don't make me hungry you won't like me when i'm hungry <laughs> yeah. because he doesn't know portuguese yeah well. he doesn't know it <laughs> um yeah that's great so my next one is uh, one that we've referenced already is that where Betty's talking to Bruce and says, I don't know, in the cave, I really felt like it knew me. Maybe your mind is in there. It's just overcharged and can't process what's happening. And Bruce says, I don't want to control it. I want well, to get rid of yeah. it. Yeah, that's good. Next one comes from Betty. And she said, me in a metal tube deep underground with hundreds of people in the most aggressive city in the world. They're like, yeah, let's take a taxi. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I don't know if I I have any more um, more quotes. Um, I got one more. Okay, go for it. Tony Stark, what if I told you we were putting a team together? Yeah, that was good. And so it kind of seemed like I think they kind of corrected that. It's just like they didn't want Ross. Like it kind of seemed that they were wanting Hulk or they weren't wanting Abomination. But like the fact that like even so early on, like even in these behind these the credits after the credit scenes, like no one was really paying attention to these. Yeah. And like, oh, it was only like going back after like the Avengers was announced, like that people would like go back and look at these and actually see what what it all meant. So let's get into some questions before we get into our MCU ranking. So the first question is one that I kind of alluded to earlier is that there are a lot of characters who seem to be loose threads in this movie that we never see picked up again. So as the MCU unfolds phase four, who would you want to see more of? Or would you want to see return? From this movie? From this movie. I mean, I think leader would be a cool villain, but at this point, it would it would be so awkward. It'd be so out of nowhere. I don't think you could... I don't... I mean, I'm sure they could because they're better writers than I am. But I feel like it'd be so hard to bring back any of these characters in a way that feels fluid. Mm-hmm. But if I could, it'd be the it'd be the leader, but like fully developed as a you know super villain. Yeah, I think that'd be neat. Yeah, I well, think yeah. that'd be cool. So I know they're. I mean, they brought back Ross for Civil War, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure they're bringing him back for uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, that makes sense. And I think um, because he becomes Red Hulk. Yeah. So I think that would be a cool potential storyline. I don't know if he'll be in She-Hulk or not. Um, But that would be really cool. But I also think... um, So I know that Natasha was supposed to be Bruce's kind of love interest. um, Right. From Age of Ultron on. I really think it would be... I don't know if they would recast her. Um, but as Bruce's storyline continues, I don't, he'll never be, have his own solo film. I don't think. But, no, I don't think so. But like having her be a character that they could like, cause she is a, a really smart scientist. And I think that'd be a, a, a cool way to like bring her back into the story and uh, see them interact. But yeah, I think leader would be great and you could easily have it be something where, another villain kind of teams up with him that's in shield custody somehow and they break out together. Uh, But yeah, I think that'd be great. All right. Second question. This one's very important. Oh gosh. If you were to turn into a giant rage monster, what color would you like to turn into? (laughs) Hmm. What color? I mean, I don't know. Like, you say, I'm a, so I am a rage monster. Like, you're I, a rage I'm, monster. I'm angry. You're you're a Hulk. That is a color, and so right. you can pick green if you want to. That's right. on the table. I think it'd be, I think it'd be interesting to do like, 
you know, so I, I almost said orange, but then I feel like you're just a thing. Yeah. Um, you know, if you say red, you look like Red Hulk. What's wrong with but, looking like Red Hulk? Yeah. I mean, blue is just like, what? Right. Yeah, like it's not rage. I'll, I'll go green. I'll just stick to the original. I'll go green. Yeah. I would Which say. Which is boring, but. I would say like red or gray, like the gray Hulk. Um, which, uh, but yeah, I think my my favorite color is red, so I would definitely do do red, even though it looked like Red Hulk, and I wouldn't have the mustache. So I'd have a beard though. But I think red or being a red rage monster is kind of fitting. Um, okay, final question: Who has the best performance in this movie? Edward Norton. Really? Yeah. Over Tim Roth as Emil Blonsky. No, you're right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, you're right. No, yeah, Emil was definitely better. Thank you. Yeah. You okay. saved me for myself. I was just like, because I think like. Yeah, nope, nope, you're right. He was, Edward Norton did fine. No, it, you're right. And it's hard to, it's hard to play Hulk. Yeah. you don't get to do anything for half of your character's. Yeah. Like, story or plot. So you're right. Yeah, no, you're right. Emil Blonsky was the star. Well, I think like, I mean, he does do the motion capture, but only like, is it starting in Avengers? Yeah, starting in Avengers. Is it where like the Hulk actually looks like the actor that's playing him, you know? Yeah, like, no, that's different. So, um, but yeah, I think Tim Roth has the best performance in this movie. Um, so, all right, here we go. Getting into our MCU rankings, we have our first category of hero. And we are, as we're going through, we're going to only be covering the movies that we've reviewed and reported on so far. So that leaves today for Iron Man and the Incredible Hulk. So your rankings for hero category. Iron Man number one. Clearly. Hulk number two. Oh, what do you know? We agree. <laughs> I have the exact same because I think Iron Man's going to be in that top spot for for a good minute. Yeah, definitely could be. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Villain. Obadiah, number one. Okay. Number two, Abomination. Yeah. And do you? I have I, Ross as number three. I didn't even count. Okay, no, you don't count him as... Okay. I, let, me, let me say, so Abomination. I This will be something that comes up a lot. Yeah. Or maybe not a lot, but a few times as we go through this this MCU thing, I'm not I'm not a big fan of villain essentially being a bad version of the good guy. I don't like that a lot. But you like Obadiah. Uh, yeah, that's there's only two, so I have to put one at one and one at two. Yeah, Obadiah might fall off eventually. We'll see. Well, I think we but see. I, I mean, that's so. Yeah. That is a common theme. Now that I'm just thinking through some of the movies, I'm just like, oh, that happens a lot. It's just not my favorite like trope. Just yeah. Like, Who's the bad guy? Oh, it's a bad Hulk. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, I mean, I the same. I had Obadiah's first just because like I think we talked about this uh, a lot last week. Just like Jeff Bridges does such a great job. Oh, he's awesome. Of yeah. being this menacing villain, evil business guy. And you're yeah. like, you're intimidated. That's by the him. thing about Obadiah too. He was just as scary before he put on like, um, like yeah, the, the suits armor, and yeah. Emil is awesome, but I, it feels like the, it feels like the abomination's a different character. Yeah. Completely. It doesn't even feel like it's connected to Emil, which I know obviously like story wise it is. And that's 
uh, he becomes the abomination, but it feels different. Yeah, it feels so disconnected. Yeah. And he's permanently like that now. Yeah. Which would be like you could literally get anybody to come back and do that motion sure. capture if you wanted to. Sure. Um, all right. Movies. Iron Man number one, Incredible Hulk number two. Exactly. No, think, nothing this, else to add. I think this is going to get more interesting once we get to like movie number 10. Oh, yeah. Five or six. Well, I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory once you get to Avengers, even like Avengers and then um, Iron Man 3. Sure. And then after that, it gets a little bit dicey. Yeah. Especially for where you and I will, will take things. All right. Overall reflections, final grades. What do you got? Um, this movie was more, it was better than I remembered it being. Yeah. I don't know why, but when I think about this movie, I thought about it being like, oh, this is horrible. You know? Yeah. It stinks. It's the worst movie ever. But then, you know, you know, I watched it. I had it on the background. Yeah. I shouldn't say I watched it necessarily, but. You observed it um, while in the room. But, you, you know, it was more enjoyable than, than I, than I remembered it being. Mm-hmm. I'll give it a solid. Oh, I'm right on the verge of. Mm, I'll say B minus. Oh, I gave it a B minus too. I'll say B minus. I'm right on that C plus B minus verge. Yeah, me too. I was like, I don't think it deserves this. I mean, it could get a C plus just because of like, there's some things that are like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Why would that happen? How does he blow air to clap out flames when air fuels fire? Anyways. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was good. Like, it's definitely not a movie that I would say I enjoy the most. But it like, is totally fine. Yeah, it is. It is fine. It's like run of the mill, good action movie. But there are some cool fights, big explosions. You got to see a giant green rage monster. And it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. You heard it here first or second or third. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for another episode of the Brad Report. We hope that you dug what you heard. We hope that you will like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, follow us on social media. And until next time, love you 3000.